0: hello hello welcome to inspiring african travel it's james here and you've made it to episode three of series three this series we're talking to local guides in africa and today we're going to be talking to a guide with a difference it's a scuba diving guide and instructor from tanzania called frank he calls himself the masai diver on instagram and He is indeed a very proud Maasai from the mountains of Arusha in northern Tanzania. Yeah, he discovered an absolute passion for diving about 15 years ago and never really looked back. His passion led him onto a crusade to help teach local communities in Zanzibar how to swim, dive and basically just care for the ocean through understanding a lot more about this incredible pristine ecosystem that is the archipelago where they live. Frank has actually taught or instructed Julia to become a qualified diver just before she left Zanzibar for the landlocked desert country that is Botswana. And he promises to teach Stuart as soon as Stuart gets uh, his butt over to to Zanzibar um, again. He tried to teach me how to put on a traditional Maasai blanket but that didn't go so well. So all in all really Frank is a great dude and I hope you enjoy our discussion with him really discovering his passion um, for protecting the environment, his love for Zanzibar and just his general absolute love for diving in the ocean. As always, there's a YouTube version of the podcast where you can catch our three mugs on TV and possibly get an insight into how useless I am at putting a Maasai blanket on. And and please follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, even LinkedIn. We're on there as well. Enjoy the episode, guys. See you later. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Is that good enough, friend.
2: Perfect. Ah, I should have oh. worn a blue one. Ah. There we go. Flip it. Is that better? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, in terms of this Maasai uh, blanket thing,
2: how do you do that?
1: Yeah. He had to, he did. Uh,
2: it's, it's very easy, so like your right shoulder, easy.
3: Because you need to
2: you need to access your your right arm easily. So, what, so, so I, like,
3: I can throw a spear. So, or what?
2: so you get you get the odd. I, I mean you can get like this. So like that. Hold on. <laughs> I think are you recording? Yeah, this? like 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 you're wrapping yourself. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so left hand goes down under your arm. Left hand.
0: So my left or Your left.
2: Your, your left. left. Yeah, under your arm.
0: Put the under your arm. arm. Oh, under.
2: Yeah, under your arm. Don't knock you off. Can you see? (laughs) Like that. Like that. that.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. And then goes to your shoulder. That's it.
1: (laughs) And then over your shoulder.
2: Awesome. Yeah. And over your your shoulder. So So you can do it like that. And like that, then it's easy. So it goes under and then this comes top, easy like that. Excellent. Impressive. Yeah. You
3: look good, James.
0: Bring it on. <laughs> so Frank, let's start off with the um, the basics. I mean, okay, we'll we'll refer to you as Frank, the Masai diver. But put us into the picture a little bit right now. Where are you and what are you doing?
2: So right now I'm sitting in the capital of India in Delhi. In Delhi. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> what you doing um, yeah, um, briefly, uh, we're here that's me and my better half. Um, as this was part of an adventurous kind of life that we always live, and actually, we chose this because also for me, it would have been last year, and this year was going to be my year of Asia and Asia Pacific diving for me to discover a little bit more. And uh, the rest is my partner working here. So that, that was the reason why we, we decided to come to Delhi.
0: Where's your partner from?
2: Uh, from Europe. A small, little, beautiful, big, small country called Luxembourg. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: so you're from Tanzania. Your wife is from Luxembourg. And you're in moment.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Wow. Perfect. Makes perfect sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> seeking adventure that's what we do yeah
1: a true nomad just just like the Maasai
2: exactly I mean if you if you come to think about Maasai in general I mean the whole Rift Valley in Africa that was like almost like our exploration zone so we move with the seasons and we find the green pastures and we move with our with our cattles and our belongings and our families and our clans and we were not determined by borders. We we're determined by nature, basically. It's what kept us survive and depending on it and move around with it. oh that's
0: amazing. And before we get into your story about being a dive instructor and your time um, and your work relating around Zanzibar, just explain to us: Are you a, a true Maasai? And tell us a little bit about your 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 actual roots. As a man,
2: uh, I am uh, by blood, by birth, uh, born a Maasai, raised into the culture, but a little bit we call it living in Arusha. Uh, this is one of the northern region in Tanzania, in uh, in the the city, which is actually the head of East Africa community. So living in that in that city means. If you're close to the city, that means if you're any of the big tribes in Tanzania, you're a little bit washed out. That means you're more involved in more developed society in terms of you can have access to education or access to to more of what the basically the city has to offer so yes I am a true Masai in the sense like I was born in it raised I know all the do's and don'ts I've been raised with the do's and don'ts and I pretty much take pride in knowing more about my culture so yeah
0: sometimes it's just what you feel and what you're proud of and that as you said your culture and your ancestors is uh, is what resonates with you so
3: But if you are, um, having come from where you were, I mean, I've never ever heard of a Maasai person being a diver. How did you get into
2: that? So that makes a little bit two of us. Never heard of Maasai. (laughs) Coming from where I am. uh, I mean, where I was born and raised in in originally, I mean, uh, landlocked. Uh, hilly mountains and basically I'm more uh, aware of, of nature in the sense of land, of trees and, and plants and everything. But how did I, I, I become a diver? Oh, I, I put it in a very short story. So I, I, I went to the coast. I went to a tiny island. I mean, not that tiny, it's big, uh, Zanzibar. It was a vacation. I was on school vacation. I visited my aunt who was working there. And then uh, I was, I always, every time in the evening, every day in the evening, I used to walk to the beach because she lived quite close to the beach. So I just walked there and I was just uh, walking around. And then one day I got an opportunity to go for snorkeling. And then I could not swim that well. So I needed uh, aid from the life jacket because I swam in tiny rivers I mean, the lakes in mainland, they contain maybe crocodiles and hippos, so not that friendly. So swimming pools and, uh, and and rivers. But in the ocean was the first time, and this was in 2005. So, yeah, I went for snorkeling with life jackets, straps on and everything, and then I saw the underwater world, and then I was like, I, I would like to know more. So I, I started uh, doing some diving training with the – with a shop there and then uh, before you know it, I was just hooked into it and there was no turning back. Whenever I got the chance on my day off, I'll be on the boat and uh, just do diving and diving, log my dives, log my dives and get that experience, get that experience because I think by then I really knew what I wanted and it was just, I got hooked and I was addicted.
1: Yeah, so Frank, I mean, we we share a hometown of, Arusha, and are both passionate about Tanzania and Zanzibar. So maybe tell us a little bit more of what makes diving special in Zanzibar or the archipelago of Zanzibar. Uh,
2: There's so many places in the world underwater which are untouched, but also there are some places which offer different kinds of life. Taking an example, what Botswana can offering wildlife in game and what Tanzania can offer, what Kenya can offer, so what South Africa can offer. Uh, We put it in the same context with underwater world. Every region has got its own kind of of, uh, specialities. Like I always take diving as like cuisine, like what you taste, what the place has to offer. In general say it's more chilled. Uh, It's more for exploring. And uh, you can use it for research, but it's more for chilled kind of dive because the conditions are always friendly. Like even on a bad day, it's still a good day if you're diving in Zanzibar because the minimum temperature would have is maybe 20 degrees in Zanzibar winter, we call it, of water, that's 20 degrees. Surface will be a little bit chilly, it will be around 18 uh, because of the wind, the south wind, which brings the cold wind from Southern Africa coming towards the, the archipelago of Madagascar in Zanzibar. So you will have that, yes, you'll have 19 degrees on the surface, but underwater will be 20 and uh, which is quite comfortable and quite uh, uh, refreshing in that time of the year. And this is now, so uh, August, September, we consider it as a winter season all the way to the middle of October. November starts to warm up, but the good thing about November, it brings out the calmness. So you have the lake kind of feeling on the flat of the surface. But also underwater, you get that peaking of 26, 28 degrees. So that's your bathtub right there, already brewing. But in life itself, it's got so much colors, so much colors. It's unimaginable. It's just, it's a rainbow of colors underwater with so much life. Then you have the reward of turtles, you have dolphins coming to you, which are very, very familiar with the divers now and very familiar with everybody. So you have a familiar pod of 15 dolphins with babies coming, swimming towards you, looking at you, minding their own business, not threatened by you. And they'll just look at you, play around, spin and just go on. And these are bottlenose dolphins. So they are known for being friendly. Uh, but very sociable as well. And uh, and many, many other colorful reef fishes that it 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 will take me a full manual to start describing which kind and everything. But it's the point is is very rewarding. Is it a good place
3: to learn? I mean I've never I've never dived before so and I've always wanted to, but I've always been like here in KZ in, in South Africa on the KwaZulu-Natal coast. Like I know it can be quite rough you know there's a fear factor because it's quite rough there so yeah. is it is for someone who is learning is it could you go there and having never dived before and learn and and feel quite comfortable
2: yes um, back into it's every is for everybody and it's quite rewarding uh, it's because it actually offer environment for everybody and anybody so you can be a total total beginner you can be you don't have to be a good swimmer you have to be comfortable underwater the water or in the water, uh, but you can be zero. And when you leave Zanzibar, you will be a hero or an advance or uh, really have that knowledge of what you went to search for or what you invest your time and money into. So, yes, it offers great conditions for everybody. And this is all year round. And of course, we're talking about nature you can have some bad days but again even a bad day it's still worth it once you have good equipment you have good trainers you have good instructors you have a good uh, captain and everything uh, then basically your day started and you can guarantee to have a safe trip when you when you learn
0: to dive frank like did you yeah. know early on like when you started learning and then you got your dive your, your paddy did you, yeah. did you decide straight away, no, nah,
2: this is something I would like to do as a, as a career. I would like to become a dive instructor. When I when I started diving, first of all, you would, you would look around and it would be like, like just for, for fun, there's no one else who's doing it just for fun who's from Tanzania and from Arusha. And the Maasai, who's just <laughs> in Zanzibar doing diving for fun. Like on his day off, he's on the boat and goes diving. So when I went for diving, it's a short story. When I go diving on my weekend, on my day off, and when I come back, there's there's this big manual for fish that you can see. So when I come back, when you log your dives on the logbook, because you do that, and just to see uh, how long you stayed on the water, what kind of things you see, to give you more experience. So you can note down what experience you had and the conditions. So next time you actually have a notes to compare. So when I was looking at the fish and everything, and then I Googled them and then I started learning more about the, the underwater creature, that sort of that's what clicked and started to drew me into actually wanting to know more about underwater. But to do that, that means I need to get more experienced. So that means it gave me more uh, attractiveness for me to actually want to do more. So yes, then. Uh, to your question, I start gradually being attracted to it and then like when I was an advanced open water. what does that mean? Does mean I can explore more, I can increase my depth in how deep I can go underwater. I can be slightly more independent, have much more training into how I interact with marine life. And then I was like, oh, what's next? A rescue diver. Oh, so that means I can be more in control with myself. I can be more in control with whoever I'm diving with. From rescue diver, I decided, okay, that's it. My next step is dive master. And then when I became a dive master, I was like, that's it. Actually, I want to teach diving. So then I become a diving instructor.
0: Our series is about local guides in, in tourism in Africa. So we will call you a, an underwater uh, guide um, for, for for the purpose of this series. But an important question, Frank, you you seem very into what you're doing, but what for you makes a, a really good instructor or a guide under the water? You know, what do you feel your strengths are that make you really, you know, enjoy what
2: you do and and good at it? We can use guide because at the end of the day, I, I am a guide. It's my experience and my way of what I see that I pass on to the person behind me who I'm guiding or teaching in that matter. Uh, but I actually like being a guide more than don't tell that buddy. But more than being a instructor <laughs> because then I have my full attention and full focus. I get to enjoy it even a bit more. I think it's it comes with passion first. Now you have that passion of what you're doing and what's around you. And then the next step is, do you want that same kind of passion to be happened to the person you're guiding or to the group you're guiding or people you're teaching? It doesn't matter, but do you want the people to experience uh, the same experience that you're having and you want to pass it on uh, regardless of being selfish and trying to keep it on for yourself? What makes a good guide, I think, it's really that passion of doing it. Because when you get up, when you gear up, and when you plan that dive uh, of, uh, and you have people looking at you uh, and uh, expecting, that's the thing, they do expect, even though you do have to lower the expectation, but they do expect something incredible because they are standing in front of someone who's been doing that for so long and who has that passion and they expect that you have that passion. So when there's people in front of you standing and they expect to have an awesome, awesome time underwater and uh, experience a different world, then I guess that passion is what makes a great guide. Every day until tomorrow, if I jump in the water, it's a new thing for me. So I'm learning every day. I learn from me, but I also learn from other people because they also bring a different kind of knowledge. So yes, uh, you can take a slate, which is like a plastic slate with a pencil, and you can have your whole session of sketching board underwater and everything. But at the end of the day, it's all about what that extra that you can add on and actually that's mostly what counts and that only comes with experience and being knowledgeable and never stop learning every day basically.
1: Yeah, and I can attest to that. I mean, I would not have been a diver if it wasn't for Frank and his passion, you know, he's the one who got me excited and, and just going like, okay, maybe I can actually do it. And Frank remembers, I told him I'll never learn how to dive. I'll never have another instructor but him. So I was like, I want to learn how to dive and you're the only person who's going to teach me how to dive.
2: So is she a good student, Frank? Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) it's... it's, uh, it's What is a good student? Uh, that's a question of its own. Uh, what, is, what is a good instructor? What is a good guide? We can go back on the same loop. Uh, what makes a good student actually comes from the honesty. Uh, the honest you are, but only that comes with the trust. But this is what Julia mentioned, because she was like, at the end of the day, she did not trust anybody else to take her the water. Um, and then that was already a trust built on land which had nothing to do with underwater, uh, but it was the trust that she was built and land before she actually gets to experience the underwater, which is understandable. I mean, you have people go on holiday and they already get an instructor, someone they've never met before, but every, already they've trust on the organization and how they, they did the reservation and everything. So she was a good student, interesting student, in a sense that, <laughs> in a sense that uh, she made me work <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, she was awesome. I, I mean, most of us, my students, are awesome unless it goes uh, sideways. But it was awesome just to see her, and this is actually the reward I was talking about. It as a guide is that it was awesome to see it on her face portrayed and what she was experiencing because I've been nagging her for years about it and finally I can see it like yes what took you so long this could have been our weekend activity you know and it was just it was worth it so at the end of the day it was worth it to have her as a student.
1: I never as you said Frank I never like, you know, you can just imagine. And in my mind, I was always like, I'm not sure if I'll, like, enjoy being underwater. And even when, when I was training, I'm like, I'm not sure if I'll, I'll enjoy it. But it's such a different feeling once you're under there. Like, first of all, time is doesn't matter. Like, you don't even, you know, I, I remember just going like, oh, my God, we're now 45 minutes. Soon we'll need to start heading up. Because... You feel a sense of freedom and you can and like there are no problems in the world and you're just exploring. Yeah, it was it is amazing. Yeah.
0: These days in um, we live such a full-on life, you know, we always got distractions everywhere. And I think the future of the best kind of holidays and trips that you can have are holidays and trips that take you out of your comfort zone, which is exactly what you were doing when you were mm-hmm. learning to dive, and when you're under the water. You're only focusing on one thing and that's your surroundings yeah. and breathing and what you have. And, and uh, I think there's a lot to be said for that, for diving, for hiking, any kind of trip or holiday where you're learning a new skill. It's, it's something um, amazing. And, and I want to lead on to that, Frank, because there are some challenges in, in Zanzibar that I'm, I'm, I'm aware of through, through the, the, the stories that you've told us. Uh, with relating to people on the island who who don't swim very well, is that true? Are there lots of people that live on this island surrounded by water that that that, that can't swim or are not confident swimmers?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's you're definitely correct. I mean, I come from 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 the mountains, and then at the end of the day, I had to teach people from the island living in front of the beach how to swim. I was amazed as well in the beginning. I was like, huh. How is that possible? There is this uh, very stigmatic story about the underwater world being the one, especially in in Swahili culture, that is the one which is possessed with powers that we cannot understand and we cannot control. Uh, And uh, yes, it's very correct to respect nature. I have no problem with that respect nature as, 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 as it should be respected, but there's also the other, uh, uh, how do you call it? Is it uh, a voodoo that, uh, um, that they should not go beyond this, these boundaries of uh, actually being able to, to, to swim in the water. Then you have the fishermen's do it who do some free diving and they're very good at it but those are the only ones who are being declared by the community or be born into it doing it already uh otherwise there's a very small uh, number of people who can actually be uh, good swimmers and knows how to swim so are you uh, is that the, some of the projects that you're involved in there
3: that that you were alluding to earlier
2: yeah, so, so initially uh, after my, my time as a dive guide, I mean, that means uh, uh, taking tourists every day, every day, every day. We got together with one of my good friend and colleague who operates a dive center in Zanzibar. And then we were just uh, looking at, uh, at our underwater world, the, our home, basically. There was so much distraction happening. And these were human. Human destructions, and um, regardless of, uh, of global warming or climate change and uh, coral bleaching, which is happening all over the world, we were lucky in part of our region. And most of the damage was done by, uh, by, by fishing nets, and they were done by uh, anchor, uh, the, the traditional way of anchoring on top of the corals, and, and, and basically. Part of of the reef which we grew up or we grew up learning and knowing and exploring it was dying. So we got out together and we came up with this idea of like uh, really going back to the community, the same community which is surrounding there, the same community which goes out fishing every day, the same co- the same community which is half of them actually more than half of them are not aware of what lies beneath the water. So we're like, okay, so what better way we can do it, they can be their own protectors or we can be our own protectors by actually knowing and passing the knowledge into people who are actually more affected by it because then there'll be less catch. There'll be, if there's no reef there, there'll be no no fish basically. So it was challenging in the beginning because most of them actually do not trust equipment and the the, the, the foreign knowledge of, of actually being able to stay underwater and whatever, and how do you breathe and everything is impossible. Uh, but this goes to everybody. I've seen so many people during my, my time of teaching that they do not trust the equipment. It's man-made. First of all, that's it. Ruled out. I don't trust it. That's it. I'm not going to kill. I'm not going to try. It. Just this tank? No way. This the pipe? No, no. I'm not doing that. Uh, we got some, some youth in the beginning. It was like 20 of them. And then we started because the easier way for me to do it was that there was no language barrier. I can do everything in Swahili. So that was already a a good initiative. Second thing is, I'm pretty sure uh, at the end of the day when I was in the class, uh, I've seen uh, half of them growing up. So they knew me. So build up the trust already in a flash. And then uh, the rest, it was just me trying to build up the confidence of actually they can do it. And it was initiative of actually giving back the power to the community and to the the youth who were growing up, the new generation, who can actually learn more and have the knowledge of what lays underneath the surface.
1: And Frank, I think, I mean, I met some of your students and we dived with them when you were Uh, instructing me when you were my dive instructor and it was it was quite nice to see that you know they've just come from the community they never knew how to swim and now they're diving and I think it probably also encouraged the other youth because they would go back and tell them a story
2: and what it's like. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have two you have you have two things that happens in a community. In a, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. There's two things that can happen within the community. There will be people pointing fingers at you, oh, that's the guy, that's the guy. Uh so it could be a bad thing, that's the guy. Like but then uh I mean most of them, most of the parents knew me and I grew up there. I mean, I lived 10 years there. So basically, I grew up in the same village. So they knew me. This is why it was easy for me to actually go knock on the door and say, I, I need your kid, you know, to do this and everything. And they were actually okay. They were like, well, take him. By the way, he doesn't have anything else to do apart from school. And then you uh, should keep him busy.
1: But Frank, like what I also liked is when you, when, on your Linda Bahari project is yeah. when you went in to clean the ocean. So to teach people that... You, you don't need. It's not only on the surface of what of what you see. Or you don't throw things in the ocean because you guys would go diving and pick up all the plastic bags and stuff, which created awareness of actually how much rubbish people throw in in the ocean. Which I thought was a really cool thing to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Linda Bahari is like, it's a Swahili for protecting the ocean or, or protect us of the ocean. Our main focus in the beginning was to try to really uh, reforesting the corals. So like there was so much damage done. So we, we wanted to find a way to, to learn it ourselves on how we can actually help it out. And uh, so we set up a nursery uh, station underwater uh, of uh, broken fragments that we found while diving. So we will go hunting for fragments that were broken by, by coral, by, I mean, by people uh just not being very careful underwater with their fins or themselves their feet and everything snorkelers and uh fishermen with their nets and anchoring position and then we just pick up those fragments, and then we took them into the recovery nursing and once they're strong enough we will put them back into the wild to help the, 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 the the coral forest to 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 survive again have a second chance The other part of it was more aware into what lies underneath the surface in terms of that, what you throw out, especially on the island, it ends up in the ocean. And it was still is a long, long topic on how you pass this uh, awareness into people who have never been underwater who always thought the ocean is the vacuum cleaner because the wave comes, it takes it, and they don't see it in the morning. That means solved. We were getting at least, at least in a day, we were collecting more than 20 kilos of trash. And that's underwater. And then we had these three times a week beach cleanup. That walk into this populated Beaches on on uh, on on some of the section in Zanzibar, and we we'll just collect uh, more than more than uh, seventy kilos of of trash just on the beach on a single count. This is is it three hours? Yeah, I think I timed it once. We did three hours, and we did more than seventy five plastic kilos of plastic. So then they went back to the community and start uh, being more verbal into people just throwing away things. But it was, uh, it was interesting to see uh, how they really took it to their own initiative that is their responsibility to keep their, their surrounding clean. Once given the chance, once being empowered, given the tools to do it, they do have the time. The willingness, uh, the the knowledge, because I learned a lot as well from the from the young kids. They do have that potential of actually making a change.
0: First of all, we'll put all the information in the show notes um, and on on social media.
2: Linda Bahari is the right way to pronounce it. Yeah, it's the right way to pronounce it. It's Linda Bahari, you pronounce it as you write it.
0: Excellent. Um, we'll yeah. we'll definitely share more information and. I guess um, let's just put COVID aside for a moment. Um, if we've got people that you've now inspired to, to go and learn to dive in Zanzibar, um, can they dive? Can they learn to dive with you? Or have you got somebody on the island that you can recommend in the meantime to, to learn how to dive? And where would you recommend they go? Which
2: part of the island? Go to Zanzibar, yes. Uh, if you want to experience the best, best diving that Zanzibar can offer under good conditions, then I'll recommend Mnemba Island. So not the island itself, because it's private, but the reef around it. Uh, I mean, I'll recommend one of my own, Dive Point Zanzibar. And then you've got good pips there. That's where Julia learned how to dive, on their pool. They have a private pool only for divers. So you get everything perfect. They're right in front of the island. So when you stand outside having coffee on the restaurant, you're looking at your dive site where you're going to be diving. From beginner beginners, that means if you only want to try out and see if you like it, with Julia did that step as well. Because uh, to know if you really like that, you can do like a, a short course, a two day thing, and you go up to 12 meters and you see, okay, this is the thing that I want to do. Then you take it from there. So definitely check Dive Point out. What is it? Dive Point.
1: It's a dive center. Uh, dive, a dive Point
2: Zanzibar is, 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 a, is a dive shop, dive operator. They're located within a, a, a lodge called Sunshine Marine Lodge. And uh, these have been the great, good players, actually, with Linda Bahari. They've been supporting us very, very much with the facilities and the funds and uh, making sure that um, I'm equipped and all taken care of. And they've even lent me some of the dive points, lent me some of the stuff if I need an extra hand to make sure that I have everything under, under control. I checked them out. They've got great facility, great instructors and dive masters who actually knows the, the reef. Some of them, I actually almost trained them and I've worked with them for like more than five, uh, eight years. So they know the, the reef like their own home and they will actually cater for, for depends on your needs.
0: Well, That's good. Uh, yeah. Well, the island is open, um, you know, so anyone yeah. who wants to travel there basically now, actually I think Zanzibar is one place that uh, right throughout the COVID pandemic has been, operating um on all cylinders so what do you reckon Stu should we go should we go head over to Zanzibar sometime next year and get our dive license yeah can you yeah. let me know when you're there I'm yeah. only
3: gonna I'm only gonna dive that Frank teaches me though because I, no, I don't trust the pack
2: and the tank that was also my text to like can you let me know when you're there so like yeah. I can I can come there okay. I, I would love I would love to see your face <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm keen i've always been keen to dive but i've never i've been too afraid to go down so you can take me no. This two can come along that sounds, that that sounds like the time to go december ah. christmas diving beach
2: yeah. mean. yeah yeah perfect conditions it's no. perfect it's 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 like 30 degrees uh so you you won't need even a wetsuit You'll be like on your swimsuit, swim costume, perfect. You're good. I, good had
0: a, I just had a disturbing image of Stuart in a speedo with a with a Hi. with a tank strapped to his back.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have an image with, of with that. With my flippers that, still on, going down to the beach. But... <laughs> <laughs> That would be interesting So let's make it happen Stuart I would like to see you on a speedo I'll strap you on the tank Scuba tank And then uh, we'll throw you into the Indian Ocean Perfect Yeah, And then we'll tattoo We'll write on his back and on his front Save the coral reef Um, (laughs) Don't litter It's the middle of, of summer in Zanzibar So we don't really need to tattoo much We just don't need to give in sunscreen Yes. Uh, that's it. Well, sunscreen and then, it in. Then yeah. you can write whatever you want on the sunscreen and then uh, after that it's okay. <laughs> Perfect. You
1: guys are getting
3: very creative. To
2: cool. Well lovely to chat. Thanks for doing this again. Eh? Yeah. Can't wait to come check you guys in Botswana. That's like uh my better half has been nagging about. So, but we're always up for adventure. So uh, um, soon maybe we'll be able to hop over in boats.
0: Yeah, Frank, you got an open invitation, man.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and congrats on all the wonderful work you did and you're doing on the on the island. Hope we can rally up some extra support for you.
2: Cheers, Frank. Awesome, man. Great work you guys are doing with the channel and loving it and uh, keep at it. Thanks, mate. Okay. Remember this. Remember fans. this
0: moment when we're famous, eh?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like in two years, shall we give it the number? <laughs> oh, that long, right? Eh? Take it easy, Frank. Have a good evening. Bye,
3: Frank. Bye. Cheers, Frank. Take it
2: easy.